Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey everyone, this is Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. This podcast is designed to bring you actionable tips from extraordinary educators. Each week, we will share best practices, ideas, and stories from extraordinary educators to help you thrive. And once again, we just wanted to share that our thoughts and commitments are with educators and students and families everywhere impacted by school closures. We hope that this pre-recorded episode provides a smile and a reminder of the critical work you do every single day, no matter where you're doing it from. And we invite you again to visit curriculumassociates.com slash at home for resources to support learning at a distance. And we are super excited today to have with us an extraordinary educator uh, who is a teacher in New York City, Nellie. So uh, Nellie, we would just love for you to introduce yourself, give us a little background, where you teach, how long have you been teaching, stuff like that. Hi there. My name is Nellie Pagan. I teach second grade in the Bronx, uh, PS 160, the Walt Disney Magnet Steam School. I've been teaching there now going on three years. Um, I was fortunate enough to loop up with my students. So this would be the second year that I have them. So overall, I've been teaching for over six years. Cool. Well, Nellie, what we would love to hear from you, and I think our listeners would definitely love to hear from you. How are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> How are things going given a global pandemic? Um, it's it's going. I think every day is is different. Some days I'm I'm great. Um, in terms of I feel like I'm connected with my students and my families, and it's a smooth days day. And some days it doesn't feel as smooth. Um, it can be exhausting. Um, but today was a good day overall. I think I finally found a groove. And um, my families are um, are going with it. They they like what I've done so far, and as long as I can ease attention for them and for my students, I think it's always a, a win in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you get us started? How did you begin to approach this whole remote learning situation? How did you begin to think about it, and how did you how are you structuring your time? Um, so the first thing I had to really think about um, was my families and how this was really going to affect them in terms of accessibility, in terms of connectivity, and just making sure that um, I really transferred some of the things that I did in my classroom, because not everything was going to transfer as easily into a virtual space. Um, But my parents are very used to, and so are my kids, with a very structured and routine. Um, So I knew that was something that I had to give them off um, the bat. So I started with creating a schedule, weekly schedule that served as a checklist. Um, I did a lot of tutorials for my parents Um, at the time when we were allowed to. I used Zoom and I did a lot of um, conferences with them where I shared my screen. So they knew um, as much as I had to teach my children that I was also having um, to really help my parents navigate this new platform. So it was helpful that I introduced Google Classroom in first grade, but we were only working within, let's say, one subject. And now I was incorporating, I made a classroom for every subject versus housing my classroom in one and then having subtopics. I just found that would be a little confusing for my kids. So it's it's been a transition, but 
I think we're slowly adjusting to it. Mm -hmm. And you just found out too that that you're going to be like this for the remainder of the year, right? And so mm -hmm. I think at first you were saying that you tested out a bunch of things and now you're you're feeling like you're starting starting to finally uh, fall into a routine mm -hmm. and that you guys are making a plan to align more across classrooms. You want to just talk a little bit about that and the types of schedules that you have for your students? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things as a school we had to come to a consensus was about was how to really streamline this across the grades. We do have, mm -hmm. um, let's say I have a sibling um, in one class and then there's her sister is in third grade. So parents were finding some inconsistencies so how do we fix that? How do we bridge those gaps where there's less struggle in between classes? Um, so one of the things we came up with was we, we created a, a group of teachers um, across the grades that come with various skills and have used different extensions. They've used, let's say, Bitmojis, um, Zoom, Screencastify, Kami. These are all different um, platforms that they've used to really um, provide pre-recorded lessons for their kids. So what we did was we created a group. It's called the Re Remote Remix Group. <laughs> and we come together and we really started thinking about what our schedule should look like. So um, as a consensus, we came up with that Monday and um, Wednesdays are going to be devoted just to ELA. So that's going to include reading, writing, word work, um, reading lessons from iReady, also using Mayan and really trying to think about our kids and how much screen time they have. So really devoting three hours of work. Mm -hmm. And in that, we already know that we've embedded 20 minutes of iReady. So that's 20 minutes from the, the, the three hours. Um, independent reading is about 15 minutes. So that's now 35 minutes that we know are secured and locked away. So what can we do within that time? Then um, Tuesday and Thursday will be math. And then Fridays, we're calling it Flex Friday. So um, we're going to have choice boards, and that's really going to focus on social study and science, but it's also going to have the opportunity for kids to catch up on any work that they didn't get to do. And we're working closely with clusters. That will be tomorrow's session um, as to how they can really, you know, quote unquote, push into our classrooms to really hone in and teach their subjects. So that's the second piece. And then Thursday and Friday, we are rolling out PD um, breakout sessions for K to pre K to two. I'll be hosting that one, and then there'll be three to five, and we're really going to teach everyone how to use Loom. Um, some ideas of how they can pre-record lessons or flow of the day, so there is some interaction um, in terms of just students hearing a teacher's voice, mm -hmm. and because um, we need to feel that connection and keep that connection, right? So, how do you take a a space that we really cultivated? you know, starting in August, like the end of August, really decorating and thinking about all these plans that we had for our kids and, um, you know, our restorative circles in the morning. How do we transcend over into a virtual space and making it as um, homey as possible? So part of that is including opportunities for kids to hear us and see us uh, and not necessarily live teaching. We're not there yet. That is I love amazing. This. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot. Just like huge shout out and gratitude to you and every teacher and educator out there. I think like sometimes we just have to pause and think about the fact that like you're not only doing your job right now, you're like we say like building the plane as we're flying it, right? And there's just so much work and effort and love and being poured into creating schedules, creating best practices, sharing what's working, what's not. And it's just 
really incredible what you and, and educators across the country are doing right now for kids and their families besides just the teaching and the recording. And mm-hmm. I know a lot a lot of people feel like they're they're working a lot harder and 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 more so than before. And it's just it's truly incredible. So thank you to you and everyone listening for for all that you're doing. It's just a lot. <laughs> I think it's just important to acknowledge that this is a lot. Oh yeah. Definitely <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and on that point, so first of all, I just want to commend you at your school for the creativity and the way that you've approached this because you're really pulling on strengths, which is pretty remarkable of what mm-hmm. educators are doing. I love that you're naming it. And then you guys are doing professional development to say that this is a structure that works and you're really creating that. I think that that's been an interesting time that state assessments have been suspended nationwide. So I, I really think it gives educators a little bit more freedom to create these structures that really work for kids. So I want you to speak about what happens if you can't get a hold of kids or what are some strategies you guys have used if you can't connect with families? Because I know a lot of educators are really struggling with that across the mm-hmm. country right now. Um, so our our administrative team is very organized. Um, she has a very linear type of train process, like thought process. So we create a lot of teams. So we have an attendance team. Um, I'm also, I represent the teachers on the attendance team and that includes the secretaries, the guidance counselors, um, um, the parent coordinator, the principal and assistant principal. And what we do is we meet once a week and we talk about those particular children that we can't meet, like we haven't been able to reach. And we've done everything from go over, you know, emergency cards. We have an attendance teacher that works for the Department of Education. And that person also takes steps to contact family. Um, if we haven't been able to, we reach out to other families that we know maybe they have a connection with. Um, because we work in um, Co-op City, it is very um, family oriented and these are big buildings. So a lot of our students do live within the same sections of Co-op. Um, we've, I've reached out to parents using my cell phone, my own personal number, um, whatever apps I have, email. If parents have left, you know, notes, um, cards or anything that has provided us with some type of address or an additional phone number, that is something else we've tried to do. Um, and it's, it's really just trying to reach out every single day to see if hopefully we can, I have one particular student I haven't heard from since before remote teaching started, I think maybe like a week or so before. Um, and that's been a struggle for me because, you know, I, I really do every day I check my attendance list and we have a Google form that all the kids fill out. And every day I'm hopeful that his name will pop up and it hasn't just yet. And the other student that I haven't heard from, I know he's still waiting for a device. Um, so we have heard from him and his mom. It's just at this point, the connectivity issue, he hasn't been able to log on. So what I say is you keep trying and um, get creative as you can. If you can reach out to family members that may have known them, even if they're not in your grade, maybe put out, you know, like SOS to other teachers. Um, if you've seen that parent pick up their child with another parent, that may be a connection that you're missing at this point. And see if, you know, you can really get the guidance counselors to also connect parents together that way. Um, some, sometimes it's just word of mouth that you'll hopefully hear about that student. Right. I love that you have a team because I think a lot of times right now there's educators that are feeling very lost or very like frustrated because it's just themselves. So it takes a village to, you know, 
raise children and it takes a village to be able to connect with children. So I love that you're leveraging the guidance counselors. So if you're listening, um, these are great ideas that you could leverage at your school. Um, maybe create a team, a connectivity team, a connected team. Like Nellie said, like that's a really great idea of how to incorporate the current systems to reach out to make sure that kids are feeling included. And I also love that you said, try. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, it's okay because you're doing your best and you can't let it affect you because there maybe there's eight kids out of 10 that are showing up. So you still need to focus on the eight or the 20 that mm -hmm. are there every single day. Absolutely. I had a parent reach out to me today and that was one of the things she said. She was a little concerned because she felt as though the work um, that I was giving was not, I guess, as rigorous as I would if, you know, we were in the classroom and um, she was worried that he was going to be behind. So I really wanted to push that, you know, I think a lot, there's going to be a lot of gaps come September and September is not going to look like a normal September in a classroom. When we start, um, there's going to a lot of building that we have to do and it, it's going to be emotional building, right? It's going to be, you know, some trauma that our, our students, our families, educators have faced. Um, so it's going to be a lot of repairing before we can really start thinking about filling in these gaps. Um, but I explained to her that we're doing our best. And as educators, this is changing daily because some of the requirements now that we're in this for the long haul have changed. Um, but that, you know, her son is active in the classroom and that's, that speaks a lot to some kids that I haven't seen at all. So as long as I'm getting that connection from him, that's what matters to me at this point. Um, and they are, and I, I did mention that I already does work and is tailored to him. So there are specific things that are still as rigorous. Um, but I did explain that, you know, every week something is changing. So come next week, it's going to look completely different. Mm -hmm. so that kind of made her feel a lot better. Yeah. And I love that, that you still have expectations for your students, but you have to change the expectations. And that's something that I heard earlier, um, from another state is that you can't expect to have the same type of rigor and flow that you would in a school building because you just, you can't. And I love that you are realistic and that's where everybody needs to know that. Like, it's okay. It's okay that it's going to change. It, it is going to change. And I love that you said about really caring for their mental well-being and the trauma, because this is very traumatic for everybody. It's going to be very curious how this, um, rolls out in the future or how this affects everybody long-term because this has never happened before. But that's why connection and empathy are very important. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job with that mm -hmm. and just having those individual conversations. So even just giving other educators permission to reach out and have those conversations and know that it's okay and to not know everything. Um, I've said this before, like nobody's going to win a pandemic award. Like they don't, they're not, we're not handing those out. You guys, nobody needs to do this perfectly. We're okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like You're not going to like, I won the pandemic. Great. <laughs> I think it's really important to be transparent more now than ever. I think mm -hmm. I know in my classroom, I built that culture with my kids being transparent in the morning. You know, they had a bad morning. And if I had a bad morning, I was honest with them about it. Right. Um, but I think even now more so with my families, I have to be transparent and tell them, I don't necessarily know everything, but as I learn it, I'm going to teach them and we're going to get through it together. But it's consistently reminding them that this is definitely new for us. Even attendance is new for us. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of attendance questions, you know, um, and I had to let them know that attendance is a process right now. And I think as a school, we've come together and we really 
have something solid in place, but it's not, it's not going to be the same, you know, folders delivered to our class. We take it pencil to paper. And then, you know, if the child comes in late, we can revise it. It's just, it'll be revised, but just the next day. So little things like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's amazing to hear about the little lessons you've learned and the big takeaways. And uh, Nelly recently presented on one of our uh, company's virtual summits. And so we're going to link the presentation in her show uh, in our show notes to this episode. So if you guys want to hear about all of her takeaways and lessons learned, um, that is there for you as well, because she just has so many great insights from, from doing this and, and learning along the way. And again, it's okay to not be perfect as long as families and students know that we're all trying. And, and that's the mindset that we have to have at this point. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, but we will definitely be having you on future podcasts um, when things go back to normal. We'd love to hear all the things or actually more of the lessons learned, even as you get back to your classrooms in the fall, like what changed, how maybe there's some things that you're going to continue doing that you started Mm -hmm. in this new virtual environment. Like what are things we want to keep doing? What are things that, Mm -hmm. how did it change? So We appreciate you. And I highly encourage everybody to watch Nellie's presentation. It was phenomenal. She did an excellent job, tons of really amazing information. And uh, we will also be linking a lot of her resources in the show notes as well. Awesome. So how can they have me? Oh, of Of course. course. Our our pleasure. Uh, You can find us as always on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIREady. That's M-Y-I-R-E-A. D-Y. And again, for resources for families and students and printable work packets, grades K to eight in both English and Spanish, you can go to curriculumassociates.com backslash at home. Thank you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.